to another episode of We Don't Die. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. Today on the show, we welcome back the fabulous Suzanne Wilson and get to find out about her brand new book. Suzanne is a medium and is well known for her platform readings with highly evidential messages coming for audience members. Her performance and accuracy has been researched and documented by some of the top afterlife researchers in the world. Suzanne believes she was born gifted, but hid in the psychic closet while working as a corporate executive and university director until a near-death experience changed her mind about what matters most in life and afterlife. Suzanne currently serves as a board member for the Afterlife Research and Education Institute, as well as its Director of Mediumship Research and Education. She will be one of the speakers at the Afterlife Symposium this September 15th through 17th in Scottsdale, Arizona. She'll also be doing platform readings so you can witness her live and in person and find out what she's all about. She's a wonderful, wonderful woman, and I'm really delighted that I get to see her in person at the symposium. If you're interested in joining us at the symposium or finding out about more about it, you can go to afterlifestudies.org. Now, Suzanne recently published her first book called Soul Smart, What the Dead Teach About Spirit Communication. And I'm excited to find out how we can connect with our loved ones, our spirit guides, and angels, even if we are beginners. I did have a very interesting conversation a year ago on this show with Suzanne about how she got her start into the world of the afterlife and about her near-death experience. And we won't be going through all of that this show, but I want to encourage you to go to episode 87 of the show and find out more, listen more to Suzanne's uh, wonderful past and stories. She's known as the Carefree Medium because she lives in Carefree, Arizona. She's nicknamed that by her um her fans and followers. And I do believe she can tell us more about this, about living a carefree life. So it totally fits. So you can visit Suzanne's website at carefreemedium.com. So Suzanne Wilson, welcome back to We Don't Die Radio. Thank you. I'm so happy to be back. I love you. Love your show. Oh, thank you. And I love you. It's not, well, I often will receive a medium reading for some of the mediums that have been on the show. And with all honesty, Suzanne, uh, you rock. You uh, gave me such detailed information that in my life, you are the best psychic medium I have ever witnessed myself. So uh, thank you for the difference personally you've made in my life. And you gave such detailed evidence that even the most skeptical in my family could not uh, believe how detailed you knew things and you opened up the world of the afterlife even to some people close to me. And that's what it's all about. The, the evidence that a medium gives should include details that no one could possibly know. And these are the little tiny things that have the most meaning. And that's why I never leave anything out in a reading. I try to give exactly what I'm giving because it's the evidence that proves that consciousness lives forever that only the body ever dies yeah it's an exciting thing now it's hard to get to you i know you have a waiting list for 
long time to, to get a reading with you and you're a busy lady. So I'm glad to know that you do platform readings and it's a, an opportunity that people can get to see you if, if they can't get a, you know, time to talk to you individually. Well, I've also started offering a video conference, small group readings, so I can get more people in. Believe it or not, we only recently out here in Carefree, Arizona, got high-speed internet reliable enough to do video conferencing. You'd think we were in Timbuktu or just a couple miles from Phoenix, but hey, I've got fast internet and now I'm meeting with small groups. And I'm also doing intuition development. A mentoring with small groups, only eight people. So you get some good one-on-one time with me. Hmm, that's wonderful. And you run several of these groups? Yes, I do. In fact, I have uh, still some openings in one that's coming up in July. And it's really helping because, as you know, I had over a thousand people on the wait list. And I thought, man, my spiritual team is saying, Suzanne, you can't just do one-on-one anymore. You're here to teach and to reach as many people as possible. So I've expanded to the internet. Oh, that's so great. And that's one of the reasons you wrote your book as well, correct? Exactly. It isn't really my book. The book. It's it's the book of my friends in the dead community. And that's what I call it because it's what they want the living on earth to know about spirit communication. There are easy tips to follow in how you can make your own connection with your guides and your beloved people and pets in the spirit world. Oh, I love that. Suzanne, before we start hearing about the book, could you give a Reader's Digest condensed version of your past, uh, just for just some people that I'm sure will go to episode 87 and hear the full story of how you got sure. to be you, but just, just establish a little credibility that, sure. uh, yeah, you're the real deal. I hope they do listen to that episode because I laid bare my soul. Um, You did. So here's the Reader's Digest condensed version. I was a very weird, neurotic little kid who saw colors and lights and spirit people around the living. And I had the fortunate um, fact was that my grandfather, who was a Presbyterian preacher, when I confided in him, he also told me, I see them too. And he took me around with him on his ministerly rounds to nursing homes. And I held the hands as a little girl, I held the hands of the dying and I saw their souls leave the body. And I knew from a very early age that there was no physical death. But when I was 14, my grandfather transitioned to the spirit world. In fact, he came to me. I was the first to know that he had suddenly dropped dead at 56 of congestive heart failure. Um, then I went underground and decided these these abilities are pretty useless to me. If I can't win the lottery, believe me, I tried in my 20s, very unspiritual thing to do, then what good is all of this? If it just makes me a butt of people's jokes, what good is all of this? So I lived an adult life that was very unspiritual. I uh, worked really hard to get a bachelor's degree in management, um, master's degree in public administration. I worked on credentials and career. I was a university uh, at the director level at a top tier university in California, went out to Florida and uh, was a director of a center for leadership. And I went into the corporate world also in human resources I wasn't a very nice person, Sandra, and I wasn't a very happy person. Mm. I was somebody that just wanted to get a lot of, buy a lot of things, get a lot of stuff, 
um, climb the corporate ladder. And then the near-death experience was just 10 years ago. And after that, I knew it was all about love. I knew it was all about love. And I didn't want to be a corporate clone anymore. But what happened then, you're on this natural high after a near-death experience. And then for me, I had a crash and burn. And I felt like heaven's reject. And that I talk about that in our earlier episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I drank a lot. I abused alcohol to try to soothe my feelings about why heaven didn't want to take me. I saw no point in living in this world when there was a better world to go to. And eventually it dawned on me as I started opening up and sharing the abilities that I had that this was a very healing thing to do. I had a colleague at work say, hey, I want to hear about your near-death experience. And I'm like, you do? God, nobody else here cares. You Mm -hmm. want to hear about it? Oh, my God, this is so cool. So we went in his office, and I told him about it. And I said, and I got to confide in you. I'm also a medium. I can speak with the dead. And he said, who do you see around me? Of course, I would hear that question. Yeah. And more times after that, and they lined up one by one, and I gave messages one by one, and I noticed that my guides were in the room helping me, and that was the beginning of my healing. Um, I found IONS. I found their IONS website, International Association for Near-Death Studies. I was supposed to be writing a PhD paper because I was working and going to school, and instead I spent the whole day reading everything on the IONS website and realizing, hey, I'm not the only person that's different after a near-death experience, and I put the booze away, and I started doing readings for people, and it became my life. So that's my story. It's a good story, and very healing, I'm sure, when you can deliver a a message each and every time. You've got to get inspired yourself and really have a stronger and stronger backbone for what it is you're doing. I'm glad I had the life experience that I had. I'm I'm glad I was well-traveled and well-educated, And I'm glad that I worked really hard from nothing and um, made that money and then I could sell everything and do what I really want to do. And it allows me to talk to people from a very broad background and understand their businesses, their lives, their personal struggles, their spiritual struggles. Um, You know, a teacher of mine told me, no experience is ever wasted. Mm, Nice. Yeah. That's good. That's great. Well, let's talk about your book, the book. <laughs> I want to call it your book because we are on planet Earth right now, and it just helps me to do that. But I, I get it that uh, the words didn't necessarily come from you. Um, but yeah, let's let's chat about it. Soul well, Smart: What the Dead Teach Us About Spirit Communication. Yeah, it, here's the thing. This book is not a sappy, sweet, feel good. Oh, it's all love and light book. I mean, it's uplifting. Everybody tells me it's very uplifting mm-hmm. and it's helpful and hopeful and healing. But I talk in straight terms. I don't always say the dearly departed and the deceased. I say dead, <laughs> dead, 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 dead. Why is this a dirty word? Why is there shame associated right. with death? I think when we associate shame with death, we're relieving ourselves of the responsibility to cope with how we feel about it. We can just hide it, put it in a box and lock it up. Mm -hmm. So I I talk about my friends in the dead community and I talk about what they're doing 
in their world to try to communicate with us and let us know that they love us. They're still part of our lives. They're right here. And then I talk about what the dead are telling the living to do to make the communication more clear because they want a two-way dialogue. Oh, who doesn't want a two-way dialogue? And not knocking mediums or those that can help us, but uh, if it is true that our loved ones are right here amongst us, yeah, why can't we connect with them on our own? You know, and certainly if you feel drawn to do a me- have a meeting reading with someone, you know, do that for added confirmation because that's also pretty cool. But to communicate ourselves is a big deal. Well, everybody can be a medium for themselves. I'm not saying that everybody can get clear, accurate healing messages consistently right. for other people and give them. No. But you can certainly be your own medium for your own beloved pets and people in the spirit world. And that's important. That really is. Um, so let's start off. I, I have your uh, contents of your book in front of me. But uh, can you describe a little um, what to expect when we die? I mean, that's, let's just jump right into it um, and describe a little for us. Well, first off, where does this book come from? Okay. okay. It comes from very trusted friends in the dead community. These are ones I've been interviewing over 10 years that have given really good evidential information and readings and have become friends and from the witness of my own spiritual team and uh, a group I call the Unity. And they are a much higher vibe group whose only concern is helping raise the consciousness of humankind. So I've been taking these notes for years and years, and there's remarkable consistencies in what the um, dead community tells us about their world. So here's the the big picture of of death. When the body dies, there is the very um, thin cord of light that attaches the soul to the physical body. And of course, we know that that cord snaps. And once it does, you can get get back in the body. That's the physical death. And we, we are told over and over again, that you are met by someone that you love very much to help you cross over. Now, that person or pet animals can meet you too. I've had people be met by dogs and horses Aww. and cats even uh, rats that were their beloved pets. But no one can force you into the light at death. They're standing there smiling with their hands out. Sometimes it's like they take you by the hand and they're just helping you stay calm because, of course, that's a surreal experience, right? Sure. When you die. So it's nice to have somebody there. But you must go into the light of your own free will. Okay. And once you do... Uh, there's usually a little bit of a pit stop in a hall of healing to take a little bit of a nap. And it can be super short. Now, there's no time on the other side. So I, it could be seconds in our time um, or days. It depends on what the soul needs. Mm-hmm. But most people like to just get a little bit of a rest. Sure. A- Especially if they're coming fresh from a traumatic death, a very shocking death, like a, uh, an unexpected accident or a suicide. Suicides seem to rest the longest okay. in a hall of healing. And then and they are going to the halls of reunion 
where uh, there's a, a really brief orientation. It's kind of like a, this is your life <laughs> uh, kind of overview. And then going into another room in uh, the halls of reunion to have the party. And it's a party. It's yes. Awesome. It's oh. like, it's everyone you've ever loved that has transitioned is there. And, generations that transitioned before you that you never even met that have loved you and guided you they're all waiting to meet you so there's a lot of there's a lot going on um after death we find that we're in sort of like a facsimile of the physical body that we have only it's younger um of course it doesn't get sick it has no disease you feel the best you've ever felt in your life but you can still look like you so that's pretty much the, what happens immediately after death. I love the party. That's the first time I heard about the party. Oh, yeah. Some people get parades. And the parades aren't because you were famous or filthy rich. The parades are because you mostly did your best and you gave and received as much compassion and love and forgiveness as, as you possibly can. It's so beautiful to imagine that picture. Boy, that takes the sting out of any fear of death to imagine that those are the next steps when you open your eyes on the other side. Yeah, and most people also, after death, they want to get a message back pretty quick if they can. Mm -hmm. They want to appear to somebody or uh, go into a dream visit or give some kind of sign, I made it, I'm okay, it's wonderful here. And so there are helper guides, um, spirit guides that will help them do that. But within the halls of reunion, uh, they also have staging areas where uh, the folks in the dead community go to learn, go up on the stage and learn with specialty guides and angels how to enter a dream visit, how to take control of that little bird or butterfly to give a sign. And they practice. Uh, So... There's a lot going on. So if somebody hasn't received a sign, uh, it could be because their loved one just hasn't figured out how to do it yet. I mean, I'm sure there's several different things. They could be working on it. There's a Yeah, there are, just like you said, several different things. They could uh, still be wanting to take that little nap. And, of course, you don't need to sleep or eat on the other side, but you can simulate sleeping or eating. And the sleeping is like being cocooned in a really nice spa type of setting with uh, wonderful um, angelic beings that look after you. But if, like I said, with a a very traumatic death, I always say wait at least 90 days, maybe even a little bit longer. And it's not just because your loved one needs a little time to rest. It could be you. It could be your grief. It could be you're grieving so hard that it sort of puts up an energetic brick wall around you receiving the dream visit or getting the sign through so be patient honor your grief and give it some time um, and just know there there could be a little extra delay uh, before your loved one can come through in a reading or, or a dream visit or whatever if it was a traumatic death if it was a suicide they need a little more time to heal and also I've had several folks come in and from in spirit say well you know i suffered so long with that cancer and i don't even remember the suffering i can't even remember what the pain was like but i'm so tired and i just can't bring my energy close to the earth 
level yet. Um, I, I just, I really need a break. So just be patient. You will get your visit or your sign if you follow my instructions in my book, or if you're simply open-minded, open-hearted, and you pay close attention. Mm, very important. Our lives are so busy with technology sometimes that it's hard to still them and, and see the signs. Um, Suzanne, what about uh, little children um, that go into the spirit world? Are they looked after? I mean, it's um, I mean, it's one yeah. thing to imagine an adult, but a little kid. Well, I was very fortunate in early on in my career doing this work to immediately work with bereaved parents and do a lot of volunteer work with them and teaching them how to make their own connections and doing readings. And so I have a lot of friends in the dead community who are kids and they are the best. Oh, they are. They're so great. The kids help each other over there. And it's not uncommon for kids to meet on the other side and then uh, manipulate energies here to arrange for their parents to meet on the earth plane. Uh, If they have a grandparent or somebody over there, that's who they're usually met by. If they don't have a grandparent or somebody over there, um, anybody in the family, sometimes a pet will meet them, like the dog that Mm -hmm. broke broke their heart because the dog was put to sleep. The dog will be there. And the dog will lead them, and it's like they're following the dog um, to meet with other kids, and there are caretakers that look after them. Interesting thing, too, is I've been told, you know, when animals die, when our pets die, they're they're pure of heart. They have no baggage, just like kids. They have pure of heart, no baggage, no unfinished business. And so the dogs and the cats and the horses and the ferrets and all of these pets and kids love to hang out together. And they're very healing for each other. So kids continue to watch their families here very, very closely, almost like they describe it to me like they're watching them on TV. And they're happy when they see their families honoring them. They're happy when they see their families moving forward and living their lives. Mm. Do they continue to grow up in the spirit world? Yeah, they do, actually. They won't grow up more than about their early 20s. So if you had a seven or eight-year-old and you don't go and join them for 40 years, they're not going to be much more than a young adult. And if your child was 40 or 50 or 60 when they passed before you, they'll probably be about 30, 35 when you get there. So most people like to stay young and healthy and children won't grow too much older than say looking like 20, 21, something like this. Mm. Question. If someone does uh, have a child that dies and say the child was three or four months and say a few months go by, can you as a medium uh, communicate with that child and would that child come through? I mean, because they don't have language yet. Um, Is there an intelligence to that child that they can still... Yes, I love that question. The soul always has an intelligence and it is the it's the love language of the afterlife. It is emotions and pictures. So a baby will typically come in with pictures and show me their baby blanket and show me their toy or show me the love that they had with their parents. And they will also come in with a very special helper, uh, either a spirit guide 
or a guardian, such as a grandparent, or if no grandparents are there, even a great grandparent. And they'll, they'll communicate in pictures and feelings more, but they, they definitely have something to say. And that's, I'm here for you. And I can't wait for our happy reunion, but you stay there because you're still there. You're still on the earth. You still have work to do, but I'll be here for you. It's really beautiful. Hmm. And just a little side note, what kind of work are we here to do? Because I know people that have even written to me that have had tremendous loss and just would think it would be easier to end their own life and be with their, uh, say, their son and daughter who died in a, a automobile wreck. You know, right. um, what what are we here to do? Because, I, I, you know, it's not uh, good advice to say, go join them. You know, I, I don't think, you know, my my instinct is that life is for a purpose. Well, I've had a woman come through and tell me that she killed herself to be with her young daughter who died um, in some kind of routine surgery. She wasn't able to be with her daughter for quite a long, long time because she was so upset with herself. She wanted to kick herself square square in in the butt for leaving so early because once she got there, she says, I saw all of the reasons for my suffering. I saw and I understood all at once the soul's plan, my daughter's plan and my plan. And all that suffering was for nothing because I left early and now I'm here and I'm going to classes. I'm learning to forgive myself. Nobody's mad at me here. Nobody's Mm going to punish me here. But um, it's like it really set my soul's growth back and um, I'm not seeing my daughter as much yet as I want to because I I have this work to do now. And I've heard this several times that those who commit suicide, nobody's mad at them. Nobody's judging them. It's like they almost want to say they they get their kind of defensive like I've got a million reasons why this is the thing I right thing to do. This is why I kill myself. And it's very disarming to find out nobody's angry with you but you. Um, but eventually, you know, I find the younger they are at, when they commit suicide, the easier it is to forgive themselves. But it creates a whole lot of work on the soul, Sandra. I, I highly advise, don't ever take your own life. It's just too much work when you get there. Yeah, and there are supportive people here on earth for whatever pain you're going through. And, you know, I believe, and I think you do too, that uh, some of the biggest suffering and life lessons we have i mean they transform our lives for the good and we can go on to make a difference with others and um sometimes it takes really upsetting the apple cart if you will just for us to have a a good life we got to know the the bad to know the good you know the suffering to know the joy so life does serve a valuable purpose for our souls that's right and you're not going to ever comprehend the reasons for your suffering until after you die. And then it's all clear in an instant. Now you can come back to it. You can go back to one of the uh, orientation rooms in the hall of reunion and you can go through all the little details of your life and get really into the nitty gritty and the soul's growth and the understanding. But there's an immediate recognition when you first arrive of aha, aha, that's why all this happened. Mm. And it's like if the soul feels more complete, and then, then as you spend more time on the other side, you can get more into each little event and what you learn from it. Um, it's all about growth. 
Very good. So let's talk about us uh, non-mediums having some mediumship, how regular people can connect with their loved ones in spirit. Can you tell us, um, first of all, how the dead send and receive messages? Well, they work really hard to make this happen. They plan ahead. They are watching uh, where we're going, what we're doing, who we're talking to, so they can manipulate uh, people, they can whisper in someone's ear, hey, you've got the same name as me. I want to make sure you're my mom's grocery store clerk. I'm going to whisper in her ear to come to your line. I'm going to whisper in your ear to give her a huge smile. I mean, it, it, the, it, the list is endless of all the things that they can do, but it's a lot of work. It's not, you don't die and just become all knowing and all powerful. You, you have to figure out and plan ahead what you're going to do. I'm going to give you an example about um, okay. birds and butterfly signs. Okay. Okay, so clients will say, um, did my dad come to me as a bird? Or my mom was this butterfly that landed on my head during the funeral. Well, yes and no. Uh, the soul does not become the animal. Right. And so, but what, what the soul does is it says, Hey, little birdie. Hey, little butterfly. I'm standing here um, on a stage in a hall of reunion. I've got my little remote control device here. Can I make a soul to soul connection with you? And then I'm going to use this remote control to make you land on my daughter's head. And the, the animal insect gives its permission and then they make a connection and um, a lot of times this remote control device is used where they, they do the little loop-de-loo, land on the head. And then at the disconnect, after the sign is given, that little bird or butterfly is supercharged energy, feels wonderful. They get a benefit. The loved one got the sign. The loved one in spirit is like, ha-ha, job well done. Everybody cheers in the spirit world. You did it. You did it. Um, they are They are learning I'm, I'm really giving this as simply as I can, but what they have to do is they have to learn the laws of physics in their world, which are nothing like our world, and come up with the tools and the techniques or practice existing tools and techniques to get their vibration to ours. It is not easy. It, it, love is the engine that drives it. It's the power of the love between the soul in the spirit world and the soul here that is the battery power of the electricity. And then when they come here with their energy, when they bring this energy here, they are looking for batteries, electricity. They're looking for anything, the energy in a room. That's why people will get like um, electrical feelings, tingling feelings, uh, flashing lights, batteries drain. Um, So long story short, spirit is like water. It's going to travel the path of least resistance, and it will use anyone and anything to get the point across, and it's our job to be open to it. In fact, we can invite it and say, hey, great, got that sign. That was awesome. Can you do it again sometime? Mm, That's great, Uh, and I believe from what you say and others that uh, they're vibrating at a very high rate, and we're we're at like a lower vibration. Is that correct? Right, and they're right here. Okay, they're right here. Heaven or uh, Valhalla or Summerland or Dead Community, whatever name you want to call it, for them it's just home. It is right 
here. It's right in front of your face. It's just in a different vibration rate. It's in a different um, dimension, but it's right, right here. And that's why we have to do our part, which is raising our vibration, creating sacred space within ourselves. And I even create sacred space and recommend, and I give in the book recommendations for creating the physical environment around you that helps them come through. Oh, I'm excited to read. And, and now we have to, I'm assuming we have to build up our power to try to raise our vibration, right? We have to take good care of ourselves. I don't recommend trying to reach out to a loved one in the light um, if you're really sick or if you're just sobbing your heart out. Um, let uh, Take care of yourself first. Wait until, you know, you can talk about your loved one without completely breaking down every single time and then make an appointment with them and visualize the place that you're going to meet. And here's what happens. And this is something I don't know if anybody else talks about this. I haven't seen this anywhere else. But if you say to your loved one, um, I want to meet you at that park we always used to go to. And you visualize exactly how that looks in your mind's eye. You can see it, hear it, feel it, maybe even smell it, Mm -hmm. smell the flowers or the hot dog vendor down the way or whatever it is, and work on making that real in your mind. Now you're speaking that love language of the other side. In the halls of reunion, they will construct a set of that place. And when it is ready, they will move it to somewhere on the astral plane between the two worlds so that you can raise your vibration just enough to really meet there and your loved one on the other side can lower their vibration enough to meet you at that park-like setting on the astral plane. A little bit of your consciousness, when you meet for that appointment, a little bit of your consciousness, your soul, leaves your body during your meditation to go and keep that meeting date, as do theirs. It is real. Meeting and meditation is real. If you make it as clear as possible and you follow the steps and you do so with an open heart and open mind. And when you say you make an appointment, do you really say, you mean like the Saturday at noon? Yeah. I'm going to yeah. go meditate and, you know. They, don't, give you- they don't have uh, time tracking per se, but mm-hmm. they will do it when it's meaningful to us, like that's, you know, birthdays, anniversaries, things like that. They, they're always around on those dates because they make a note of it. So if you say next Tuesday at five, I'm going to meet you at the park. I'll be sitting on the bench. We always sat at, and you send a visual of that and you do that daily leading up to that time that gives them time to build the set, move it to the astral and you can have your meeting and it's real. But here's the kicker, Sandra, I I hear from people all the time saying, Suzanne, you told me to do this. It worked. I only saw my loved one for like two seconds. They smiled. They looked great. And then it was over. I didn't get a download of a whole bunch of information. And hey, listen, be happy for the two seconds. You know, it was a lot of work to, to hold those couple of seconds. But I tell you something, with time and practice, you can extend that visit longer. It just doesn't always happen right away. 
That's just like anything. Just practice. I want to ask you, too, about dreams. Somebody emailed me this morning that wants me to go on their radio show and talk about grief and then the dreams I've had of somebody I've lost. And I'm thinking, I really have, I mean, I know other people have had dreams and visitations, but the ones I've had have been like, I don't want to say scary stuff, but, you know, upsetting stuff uh, that, you know, my whole family's in and unresolved yeah. business. And so yeah. I had a that pizza at nine o'clock at night. That's all I'm saying. Is that what it is? <laughs> Listen, yeah, if you have a scary, bad, evil type of dream about a loved one, mm-hmm. it's just a dream. It's like the upset stomach or perhaps even the subconscious is trying to work something out. But, you know, Listen, if it's really a visit, you know it in your heart and soul. It's short. It's sweet. It's to the point. It's and their personality. Love, right? Love yeah. present. Love. Yeah. Exactly. Can we do something to cause a dream visit or to encourage? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Here's what they want us to do. Set the date. Even for me, being a medium, I like to talk to my father figure, my granddad, um, I will pick, and I can't just call him in. I can't just conjure him up. He's busy. He's got a, a life there. <laughs> That's nice uh, to know, too. Okay. Exactly. So I will pick one night a week and say Sunday night. And every day leading up to that, I'll say, Granddad, Sunday night, I'm inviting you for a dream visit. Um, I hope you can clear your calendar. I hope you'll be there. And every day when I wake up in the morning, I'm like, I'm really looking forward to Sunday night. I'm going to be ready for you. When Sunday rolls around, Try to have that day as calm and zen as possible. I mean, you know, everybody has stress. That's just being human. But keep it as low-key as possible. And then right before bed, put a little glass of water or a bowl of water by your bed because water is a real good spirit conductor. It helps. And a picture of your loved one. If you have a personal item of your loved one, put that with it too. Um, I put um, the word granddad on a sticky note on my bathroom mirror because the last thing I do before bed is I brush my teeth and then hop into bed. So I'm thinking of him. And then right before you go to sleep, concentrate on a very, very, very happy memory with that loved one so that your whole body, all your energy centers can be in a state of gratitude for them. And then ask for the dream visit and then ask your angels and guides for the gift of remembering the dream visit and that's the setup but there's something you have to do in the morning yeah in the morning when you first wake up immediately as soon as you're aware i'm awake close your eyes and ask what happened because that is when it can come to you the freshest and the clearest and either have a digital recorder or notepad handy so you can record it and if nothing's coming in like yeah i don't think i had a dream visit just try it again next week, once a week for three weeks before you take a week off. I hear a lot from people that they got get it on the first or second time. So it does work. That's good news. And I want to also ask you, because um, I've been hearing a lot lately that I haven't been using my spirit guides and talking to them. And the realm of spirit guides and guardian angels, um, can you just mention a little bit about them and if there's a way to be in better communication and know that they're with us? Oh, absolutely. Guides are higher evolved beings who have lived many, many lifetimes. And that's how they get their expertise to work with this is they've been through it, been there and done that. And most of their lifetimes have been on Earth, but not all. 
you know, they, they're, they can be a diverse lot. They are attracted to us and they work with us because of similar vibes, similar uh, soul plans, things we want to accomplish. And they're, they are the unsung heroes of the other side because we don't usually acknowledge them or give them credit. But if and when we decide, I'm going to work with you up, up close and personal. Um, okay, guides, let's do it. We can make better decisions and choices in our lives in virtually every area just by inviting them in up front and consulting with them. And so I have different methods for meeting them and validating that they're real. Oh, that's great. I'm looking at the meditations that you have included in your book. Um, the Daily Peace, Manifest Health and Serenity, Prepare to Meet Loved Ones and Guides. Are, can you just talk a little bit about your meditations? Yeah, I'm, I'm giving the scripts away. They're in that's the book. so great. It's there, take, it, take everything that, that I have there, guys, because the most important thing to me is to reach as many people as possible to let them know you're never alone and your team is ready and waiting to remind you just how loved and cherished and guided you really are. But one of the first things that people can do right now without reading anything further or knowing anything further is when you have a a question or a challenge in your life, um, I have this technique of writing down the question and putting it by your bedside or putting it in the pillowcase and waking up with the answer. Just somehow, you know, because we are all having these astral meetings or these meetings when the body's in delta sleep mode mm-hmm. um, you can also meet with the guides in meditation just by setting an appointment and inviting them in and you can train yourself to recognize a yes or no opinion in your body when you ask a question of a guide i call it um, human pendulum work where you know you can use um, a pendulum if you want to, but your body is your own best resource to feel their answers. And one of the techniques that really helps a lot of people is to just visualize or imagine a blank white movie screen and ask your main guide, your master spirit guide to appear and ask them, what name shall I call you? You know, have you ever wanted to know the name of a guide? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny. I had this lady the other day. She had waited 14 months to get a reading with me. Wow. I'm like, oh, well, bless your heart. I I thank you so much. I'm honored. And uh, I start bringing people through. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want that. I know they're all fine. I talk to my (laughs) loved I'm like, okay. What do you want? Yeah, right. So she says, I just need the name of my spirit guide. I'm like, you have got to be kidding. You could do this yourself. And here's the thing. In your meditative state, don't ask. Spirit guide, what's your name? The guides are like, they're like, oh, God, they're just fumbling because they could have had 50 names. They could have 50 lives. Right. How do you just pick a name? Ask instead, what name shall I call you? Ah, and then the two of you agree on the name. Okay, uh, I heard Sandra. Is Sandra what I shall call you? 
Mm-hmm. And you can feel yes or no in the body. Like a yes is like a warm tingly, usually in the middle middle section of the body, warm tingling up feeling. No is kind of like a wah, wah, or dropping feeling. Oh, I didn't get it right. Well, then is it Sandy? Um, so you guys just agree on a name. It's not that hard. And they understand that we don't want to say, hey, you. And I think it would be so much more powerful to address somebody by name, even if it's a name you agree upon, and create a relationship by just having this vague idea that there's somebody out there or people out there. Yeah. That's right. And focus on the main spirit guide that's in charge because you have one that's with you from birth to death and and in between lives, still working with you when you're on the other side and and heavenly home. Uh, But the other guides are subject matter experts that come and go for a season or a reason, depending on what's happening in your life. So just start with the first one. You work from there. A season or a reason. I love it. I love it. So let's talk about something we're both going to be at in September, shall we? Oh, I'm so excited. symposium. And so far, I mean, we're recording this in May. I don't know when you're listening to this, you, the listener. Um, But it will be this September 15th through 17th, 2017 in Scottsdale, Arizona. And are you as excited as I am? I really am. I I think this is going to be the best of the best. And we could have close to 500 people based on how the ticket sales are going. Thanks to you and people like you who want to spread the love. And this is accessible information, folks. You don't have to be an academic or a scientist. It's going to be lively very interactive and very entertaining. Yeah, over 20 or 27 different speakers. Uh, what part do you play in that? How much will we get to see of you? Well, I'm coordinating the mediums that are involved in this. Um, there's a panel we have about millennials uh, because, you know, you go to these conferences sometimes and frankly, you know, it's a bunch of old farts, right? Right. And I, I count myself in there now, so <laughs> I'm not insulting anybody. But the millennials are really getting interested in um, the other worlds and the other dimensions and who am I as a soul, and it's fantastic. So we've got a panel on millennials and mediumship and out-of-body experiences. Um, that That's one of um, the things I've worked on. Another is an event called Mediums Rare. <laughs> and we have four mediums. We have Mark Anthony, the psychic lawyer. We have Tina Powers, the reporter for the other side. Mark Nelson, the LA medium, and me, the carefree medium, um, at, at one of the events where we're going to briefly tell our stories and then give messages uh, to audience members. And we may even do a double link or a triple link. You never know what will happen. And what does that mean? Like, double or triple link. Like, one medium starts to tune in to a soul that's coming in and the other medium joins the link and can get messages too. So it's very experimental and very fun. Um, I could just go on and on about all the really cool and innovative stuff that we're doing. That The main thing here is you get to experience a lot, folks. You don't just hear about it. You experience it. Yeah, and now your medium's rare. That's an added Thing that people can choose um, to do because there's a dinner and there's a added cost right. of sixty five dollars, right. like a dinner and a show. <laughs> you'll be exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, just as a part of the regular conference ticket, there's plenty. That would even be enough there. Um, one of the the sessions, uh, the session that I'm doing on my own, is uh, evidential mediumship raising the bar. 
talking about, you know, what mediumship is really supposed to be. Yes. That the proving that that life is forever is in giving the details. And then I'll actually demonstrate it. And there's no extra charge for this. Um, I will give as many messages as I can in the time that they give me. Yeah, I hope it's a lot of time because you're a spectacular. And I'm, I'm so freaking delighted that we're friends that, you know, I first talked to you a year ago, it was just over a year ago. And now what the future is bringing is that we get to meet face to face and we're part of this big organization that's really trying to impact the conversation of the planet, that we don't die, that life after death is real, that you can be in touch with your loved ones, that your life is for a purpose and, and, uh, and Suzanne, just looking at the list of the speakers, you know, it's such a credible list of people. You know, I think there are many of us that are have been afraid, even when my book came out, I was petrified to tell people I'm writing a book on life after death because I didn't want to be characterized with one of those far out, woo-woo, creepy kind of new age talking people. <laughs> and, yeah, these are great. I mean, the scientist scientist. Yes. Gary Schwartz. Uh, Sonia Rinaldi, who has been getting um, computer images of folks from the dead community and voices recorded a lot about ITC. We have George Nuri. Oh, we, you know, you and I have both been on George's the show. Coast we to Coast AM. Yes. And, um, went, uh, I think you did Beyond Belief out in Denver. Yeah, I and, did. Um, he is just the best at, I uh, believe he's going to be also interviewing some of these wonderful speak- speakers. And he's just like you. He's a great interviewer and he gets information from people that they didn't even know they were going to share. So it's just, there's going to be a lot of surprises. Um, I, I, I wouldn't miss this. If, you're, if you can possibly get to Scottsdale, folks, this is the one. Yeah, and if you can't, go to the website anyways, afterlifestudies.org. You can join AREI, Afterlife Research and Education Institute. I think it's $25. But to even do some research as to what is being done in the world of science and education about the afterlife, it will give you goosebumps to know what people are up to. And it's stuff's really happening. So you can take it. I really am looking for the day, forward to the day that we can talk about life after death with just everyone. And even if somebody gives you a, a strange look like, yo, come on, just like, no, do you know that there's such thing as a soul phone? I mean, that's technology that's coming in the future or, you know, whatever it may be. Because uh, no matter what strange looks people give you, every human being I know questions their life and they're going to, everybody's going to lose a loved one and suffer from grief. And to be able to share this and, and make everybody's life a little easier, man, that's what it's all about. Well, Suzanne, thank you so much. My pleasure. And you're absolutely right. I just want to ditto those comments. When you join a REI, even if you don't go to the symposium, you're part of a family and we share a lot of education with our family and we welcome you. And thank you so much for having me, Sandra. I admire you so much. You're doing a great service to humankind. Thanks. Uh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So once again, we've been talking to Suzanne Wilson. You can go to her website, carefreemedium.com. You can also feel free to go to wedontdieradio.com. And I have a link just below this episode to Suzanne's uh, website and her book. And again, her book is called Soul Smart, What the Dead 
teach about spirit communication. So in closing, uh, this is Sandra Champlain. As you know, I've been your host on We Don't Die Radio, and I'm having uh, so much fun doing it. Oh my gosh. I've got some really great upcoming episodes that you don't want to miss, uh, people that I've been after for almost a year to interview and they're coming. So uh, without a doubt, I believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is important. So thank you for listening and we'll see you soon.